it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in California for Christmas. In today's episode, we're going to review the last two matches against Valencia and Almeria. And obviously, we're going to talk about, as well, Jonathan Giraldez leaving FCB Femini at the end of the season. Before we dive into today's topics, I have a special invitation for all you Barca fans out there. If you are craving more Barca content, we've got the perfect hub for you, our Patreon community. It's a virtual pena where you're Passion for FC Barcelona finds company and conversation. For just five bucks a month, here are some of the perks. Dive into commercial-free episodes of Barca Talk. It's all football, no interruption. Be part of our international WhatsApp group where the Barca chatter never ends. Get insightful post-game match reports. And obviously help support the podcast. Hit that link in the show notes and join our virtual Pena. Let's get into today's episode right after this brief break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm actually here in California for Christmas. I'm on the other side of the world. Uh, and to join me today is Remy Dixon, obviously, in California. Remy, how's it going? It's going. It's going. It's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, we have some things to, to iron out today with the last two matches against Valencia and Almeria. But before we get into that, I just want to go over some quick admin stuff. This will be our last episode for 2023, uh, obviously with Christmas coming. I'm also, I don't know if I told you this, Rami, but I'm headed to Japan uh, on December 29th for 10 days. So you'll be holding down the fort while I'm gone for the, for the first week when we get back with Barcelona. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to be off till the second week of January. So You'll be holding the fort then. 
but uh, yeah, so really excited for those trips and, uh, you know, hopefully a little bit of a break during the holidays. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Japan, I feel like so many people I know are going to Japan. We have that plan for our big 2025 trip, but uh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm very excited for you on that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to be eating all the sushi and ramen that I can handle. So I'm very, <laughs> very excited for that. All right, let's get into this. So today, uh, Barcelona barely beat Almeria 3-2. to Then they also tied Valencia 1-1 to over the weekend. And I think we're at a good point of the season, uh, obviously with the uh, Christmas break that's coming here in Spain, and just kind of get a pulse of what is going on, how we're trending. Because I think now we've, you know, we've had the first half of the season. You know, as we've been talking uh, two matches at a time, we can kind of didn't really kind of focus on those two matches. But I think we kind of look back now and see what we're seeing, what we're liking, what we're not, you know, if there's anything we are liking. Um, and the first thing I just want to start off with is, you know, this idea of concentration for this team, because I think there is something to it. Now, let me just give you a situation. I was watching the game today and we go up uh, 2-1 and all of a sudden we give that goal right back, you know, mm-hmm. twice essentially. And this is kind of happening throughout the season where we just kind of make these Mickey Mouse kind of concentration errors. Do you think that's something that is, you know, as you love to say, that is sustainable, that is happening to our team right now, that we are just lapsing that concentration? Like, for example, you know, with the Iñaki Pena situation, I I consider that almost concentration and understanding like where to punch the ball today, you know? And I just feel like, Anytime we have these concentration laps, we're getting scored on. And obviously, it just becomes a bigger result of that. Do you think that's something that is also just kind of hindering our performance so far in the half of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that second goal that they scored today, Inyaki and Araujo, somebody didn't get called off, regardless of of what it is. That lack of concentration is costing goals. I think when you, you think about how well we were defensively last year and we still have the same players. They're all healthy in a lot of these situations. And of course we don't have Tristegan right now, but these lapses in concentration are far more than we were having last year. And, and I don't know what it is and how it's happening, but I mean, I think I have some ideas, but I definitely feel like that's costing us so much at this point. You know, one of the things I talked about last week was this idea of protecting Pena, right? Like starting to think about the fundamentals. And it's kind of one of those things with concentration, these these things that we've been seeing. You know, the other thing I was thinking about is, I can't remember the match, but where we let the goal go in after a minute during kickoff, right? Mm -hmm. And so those type of issues. Now, is there something that the coaching staff or something that we could do during training to help tighten that? I mean, is there something or is it just really it's the players and they have to do their own kind of adjustment on that? What do you think? I think it's, you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, the coach puts out their plan and the players get on the pitch and they have to execute it. And if they're not concentrating, that's them. But I think people miss all the things that are happening around that they are thinking about that can hinder play, right? Now, for instance, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, you go back to the idea that right now there are people, there are fans, especially Arsenal fans that are like, you have to play these two center backs together every game. Or even if it's a bad game, they need to play because you build this pairing, right? Now you see that all across. Like players need to play together. 
if you're sitting in a situation where your back line is changing so fluidly all the time and it's not because people are injured, you just haven't set what you need yet. Similar thing with like just how we go out and play, right? I think one of the things that I noticed in the game today, and we're probably going to get into this a little later, but at times we just looked like we had no idea what we were doing. Like just especially midfield to offense, like nobody was aware. There was no like set thought on we're going to do X and we're going to keep doing X, right? I say all that to say, coming back to the concentration thing, it's really hard to concentrate when you're like, I don't know what we're doing. Like these people are here. This guy's new. We haven't played together. Christensen and Araujo haven't played together next to each other for a while. All the different changes that are happening, I feel like that lapse in concentration tends to happen when you're just, the plan isn't there. Do you think do you think maybe there's also some sort of accountability or lack of accountability there where you know I'm just thinking of you know when I played in different sports and so forth and when you did more than two or three mistakes you would get benched you know there was that type of idea of that harsh type of punishment and I don't know if that team has that kind of being scared of Chavi type of thing going on you know I think it's because we continue to make these mistakes. And I don't know, you know, especially since we have basically the same back line from last season, you know, all of a sudden we're to complete 180 of what we're having. And I know, you know, last season we could say, you know, some of it was down to uh, being fundamentally sound on defense, some luck, obviously Ter Stegen having a, a monster year, but you can't tell me that all three of those things now are just completely on the, <laughs> on the other end, you know, and to, to just have a yo-yo of that. And to me, I don't know, you know, to me, Again, I always look at the coaching at this highest level professional, and it's the little things that are always going to kill you, essentially. And the thing that we continually see in, in this season so far is the little things, you know, like you said, not understanding the pairing, um, being lost out there, not understanding the plan. And on defense, that just kills you, right? If you're playing an offside trap and the other person isn't, <laughs> you're screwed. And that, and that like almost seemed to happen on the first uh, goal today, you know, in that situation where didn't know if we were supposed to go up and not, not sure if we're supposed to go back. Yeah. And I think what you said about lack of accountability, again, people are going to say players have, a, they have to be accountable, but it starts at the top, right? Like one of the things that we've all been saying is Xavi has not, especially this season has not at any point been like, you know what? That was on me. I'm going to take it. Now, if Xavi's saying that, then the players can come out and say that and and they can start having real conversations about, Who's who? What needs to happen? And I feel like we're that's not happening at every level to the point where now we're having arguments within ourselves as fans of like, well, the players have to be take responsibility to a certain level, right? But at the same time, other people are like, oh, it's the managers. There are so many things. I think I take it all back to just we played the last team in the league right now today. We made them look way better than they ever should have. And my question to everybody is just with these players that we have, does another manager like Shabby Alonso has a Bayern Leverkusen team. That's looking very good. You can say yeah. what you want about the league. I mean, it's the Bundesliga, right? But like those players aren't all the same quality that we have. We can't sit here and keep saying that it's the players when you put certain different managers with these different players, especially this back line. I don't think they're getting the kind of goal scoring situations, the lapse in concentrations that 
are currently happening now. Yeah, and maybe also to just, you know, I think, you know, obviously being with having Messi on the team, we've been able to get away with a lot of this. But just I maybe our scouting was always more about what we had to do as a team, you know, and, and like, okay, we need to punish the corners. Like it was more about like the action that we had to do was mm-hmm. going to be a direct result of getting the three points. And now maybe because our team isn't good enough, we're not doing enough scouting and attention to detail about the other team's aspects and understanding what they're going to do because we're Barca. And maybe there's something to that in that way as well, that maybe Chavi has to kind of circ- you know, change the way that he's thinking about the team because the team is not top notch, right? I would say it's above average. You know, we still have some talented players, but I was thinking about this when I was listening and watching the match today. It's like, who's the player that scares you right now? You know, like who is the player on Barca that really puts fear in you? And I can't really think of anyone right now in their current form, you know? Uh, think about it. I mean, just think of, I mean, maybe Gavi, you know, when he wasn't in that, obviously he's hurt right now, but you know, you think about with Pedri's lack of output that we've kind of seen an in injury that's not happening. Lewandowski, obviously not hitting the goals, Rafinha, but it's like, we don't have that one player that we've normally had the luxury of having that puts the fear of God into the opponents, you know? And I think you're seeing that because you saw the chatter in our WhatsApp group before the match. It's like, we want to see three goals and four goals. And I was like, we ain't going to see that today. I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that much. But that's, that's the interesting thing, right? Like not like I said this, a couple of different people were saying it when you Dembele covered a lot of Xavi's flaws in a lot of ways, having a player that you can you you could afford to be a very defensive team and put out four midfielders if one of your forwards was constantly attacking the defense and constantly unbalancing defenders and they're afraid of what he's going to do and they're putting more players on him which leaves space for other people like you could afford to do that when your team had that kind of a player we don't have that i mean there was a time during the game today where the English announcer, Rafinha had the ball, didn't take on a player, passes it on. He's like, take him on. Like, you take him on. <laughs> and then that was the same play where Roberto ends up taking the shot from wide, but Rafinha was then open that he could have slipped him in because the defender had pulled in. And it's like, it's things like that where you're just like, one, why aren't you taking on these defenders? That's one. Two, when we do get the ball and he's now open in that space, what is it there that says, like, that's what I was saying. Like, it feels like the ideas aren't even there. Like Sergio Roberto came up through La Masia, like came up playing with the Messi's, the Xavi's. Like this is a midfielder that should be able to get his head up and go, Oh, my defense, Rafinha's defender is pulled in now. Now I can slip him out. But like something's happening where it feels like good players are just, not even thinking in the ways that we've been ta- thought to play and like our play style, like everything seems upended with this team. And that Almeria game today felt very much like, I think we, I mean, had we lost, it would have been a bigger crisis, but like there's a crisis of identity right now. Yeah. And that's a great point on the Dembele thing. Cause you stole my thunder because when I, when I was listening to the, the Spanish radio today, because I was working a little bit, they brought that exact same point. And it was something to it. They said, 
you know, the fact that Dembele was able to run, run those flanks, just as you said, and he was the quote unquote danger, you know, like even though, as we know, the goals didn't equate, but he had always that potential. And maybe that hit a lot of Chavi's lack of tactical attacking style or whatever we want to call it. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, and again, it's, it's like you said, I think, you know, we have these great players right now that are good enough, you know, they're, they're, they should be playing better. And I just feel like we're just getting fives and sixes from them constantly. Right. And on top of that, when your defense is having lacks of concentration, those are automatic goals. And all of a sudden we're always in a hole, you know, it's just like in today's, today's game was a, a distinct microcosm of the whole season. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, we were able to score some goals. Our defense was terrible. The substitutions were a little puzzling. Um, the crowd wasn't really into it. It was a half crowd out there. I mean, it was just everything in this match was everything we've been kind of seeing in the last three months. Exactly. And I think even the goals, like Sergio Roberto scoring these two goals, like <laughs> first, I mean, what's crazy. I would say like his first header, like such a great play. And like that, I'm glad he got those two goals, but it's just like, it's such a weird thing to be like, yeah, the guy who scored the two goals today was Sergio Roberto because yeah. like, I, yeah, it, you're so right. It's just, it just feels, it feels weird because you would think that Xavi would be getting better. You would think that like this team would be getting better. And I, I just to point, I think one of the interesting things too is like <laughs> the Zhao's. I. <laughs> I, I, this might be controversial to say, but I really don't think they've actually helped and possibly even hurt more so. Like, I, I know, like, Xiao Felix's Atletico Madrid goal was great. Xiao Cancelo had that one game where he was stellar. But, like, they're, I feel like we've depended on them in ways that, like, their lack of consistency actually makes them bigger problems. We played better with Xiao Felix off the pitch today. Like, as soon as he got off, like, Fernando Torres came in and instantly started making changes and doing things. And it was just like, wow, like, that's night and day. And, and Jao Cancelo, like, there were multiple different times where you were like, he just gave the ball away. Like, he just, like, did something that, like, put us in danger or didn't do something that could have helped. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like, you pointed out, it's it's – there's just kind of, like, no movement right now. Like, we're getting points – but there's no progression of the younger talent. We can't say right now that all the youngsters right now are improving incrementally through playing, you know, because of the coaching or the passing or whatever you want to say. So that's on one end. Then on, on the other end with our veterans, we're not even seeing any clear performance. Like, for example, what's Lewandowski's best match this season? Like, I, exactly, right? Like, I can't even tell you right now. What's Gundogan's best match? Maybe the the first half of the the Clasico, for, for yeah. example, you know, like that. But that's just one like one set. You know, it's not two games or three games. And that's the, that's a great point on the Jao Felix because, you know, it's this idea with Jao Felix. He had a great performance at Atletico, but cannot even sustain it. Not even for two matches. You know, he should be running circles around Almeria, Correct. like. Zhao Felix should be making these the caliber, the name that like his potential that everybody has seen should be the type where he scores at least two goals against an Almeria. Like Zhao Cancelo, similar situation, right? And it's it's to be in a place now where not only do we not have players that like we see the fear coming from, but like I don't think teams, 
I think Almeria came into this game today going, we can get them. Like, yeah. I think every team comes that plays us thinks we can do this. Um, and that's – and then now we're going to go play Napoli? Like, <laughs> But that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, with the way La Liga is shaping up right now, so we are 38 points, Girona is 44, Madrid 42. You know, the hardest thing for us, like, yes, we are – if you're looking at just the table – as it is right now, we are we are contending. But at the same time, we know that Girona and Madrid are playing at a much more higher consistent level uh, of getting those three points in Barcelona. It's like we are, like today, you know, Sergio Roberto saves us to get the three points, you know? And the other thing too, like Rafinha finally scores and that gesture that he did, just that just irked me as well because like, it's not as though he's scoring on a regular basis and it's like block out the noise. Like that just, it's like you're completely blinded to what you're doing, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I almost forgot that he was the one that got that. <laughs> like straight up. I was like, I can't remember who scored the other one. And I just, I remember it now as a tap in off of the goalkeeper mistake, but like, yeah, you got to be there. He scored it. To be fair though, the way things have been going, I think there was a, like, a, I feel like, I would have feared that he missed that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's you know the other thing too is that when I go, when I go back and I look at Chavi as a coach so far, I think one of the things that I find uh, troubling is just going back to fundamentals and tightening those fundamentals. Right? You like how can we get better as a team if we can't pitch a shutout? How can we get better as a team if we're not on the same page? And those to me are like the things that need to be fixed right away. Like you have a young goalkeeper right now. You have to protect him at all costs. Yes, he's the second goalkeeper for Barcelona. He's a talented player, but do not kill his confidence because of your lack of defense and your ambition to try to get goal. Like we need to be fundamentally sound on defense. I think that is the most important thing right now because if we don't give up goals, then that puts pressure on the other team and then we have a little bit more counter. And so to me, when I don't see these movements, I feel that Xavi and his brother and his family or whoever else is on the coaching staff are just missing the loop on this thing, especially on film. Like, I don't understand how you're not watching this on film if we're seeing it on TV live. Well, the interesting thing that what you just said that brought up in my mind is kind of what Xavi has been criticized for earlier in the season, right? That we were too defensive or too boring. But I think the counter that I would have to that is, and what I think I saw from this game is I don't feel like we have a spine or an identity anymore in a way that we all thought Xavi would bring back. I felt like pre-Xavi, a lot of managers thought Barca's identity is pass the ball, pass the ball for as much as you It doesn't matter what you do with it. Just keep hold possession. And I felt like early Xavi kind of was pushing into that. We've asked that he gets forward more and plays more attacking and it seems like he's acquiesced to try to do that. I don't know what the pressures have been, but it feels like he's not tactically able to do it in a way that we look at a game like this and we see it's, it feels like we have no actual like attacking, like mentality other than Pat. Like there, I don't, I didn't see a team that knew how to penetrate and, or that they could penetrate. So when we think about this, like defending and protecting our defense, perhaps that's we need to get just start from zero and go back to what Xavi's done best, which is that. But 
it seems like at this point he's lost that because he's trying to play an attacking style that like, it just seems like he doesn't have an idea how to do so. And you run into a situation where we're not even dominating games anymore. Like I was so pissed at the idea that Shabby just wanted to dominate. And like the second half of that classico where it was like, we should have gone for the second goal and we didn't, but like, Again, seems like Almeida. I don't. I, I don't know what the possession stats was, but that game didn't feel like we had control. Like yeah. it yeah. didn't feel like we were doing any of the things that we've done well in the past with Xavi, or any things that we think we want to do better in the future. Again, it's it's this is one of the things. Like I'm gonna, I'm going to use a quick analogy before going to our next topic. But you know, it's like in in American football, like when you lose your left tackle and you don't make any adjustments, and the other team just keeps blitzing and blitzing and sacking your quarterback, and you're like, well, what's going on? We're running the same plays, you know, but, like, you're not giving any protection or extra help to that side, and that's what I'm kind of thinking. So, like, you know, you're right. There was criticism at the beginning of the season about being too defensive, but at the same time, we weren't really defensive. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. It's like I think we kind of need to go back to that and just really solidify that because I think – if we're not allowing goals and we're being really fundamentally fundamentally sound on defense, I think most Kool-Aids will be appreciate that because then we'll be that's going to be kind of our identity. Because right now, you know, unfortunately, our attacking football that we love so much from Barca is just not there. So if we want to be contenders, real contenders for the second half of the season, we have to be a top five defense. And to be able to do that, we need to to settle on a back line and really think about that effort about protecting. Iñaki Pena as a goalkeeper, because as we saw today, he still is young. He still has flaws. Like in that goal, the second goal, like you're looking at that, you're like, man, you're 6'3", 6'4". Like you got arms. <laughs> Punch the shit out of the ball. <laughs> like, let's go for this, you know? It's that, but it's also like yell. Talk to yeah. you. Araujo, yeah. you had, there were not, it, the play didn't develop quickly enough to where they couldn't have like sorted it out. Like, yeah. yell. Like, yeah. tell him, I got it. Like, call it, claim it. There were three Barca players around him. There, there were not Amelia players around him. There were three Barca players, him and Araujo crashing each other. And then the ball goes over and they score, right? But, like, all of those players were players that were on his team. They were his defense that he should have been able to call out and be like, yo, I got it. But, yeah, you're. it's just – I don't know. I, I I feel like we we so need a just back to zero, a reset. A the veterans need to talk. They need to have these conversations with Xavi. And I I can imagine it being hard being a Gundogan and like being like Xavi is older than him, but like it, yeah. I feel like at that age, like you feel like your contemporaries in a way, right? Like yeah, yeah for sure. He played yeah. when he was playing, yeah. right? Like there's this like the younger kids are there, but then you have these players that are like close enough and I I mean I look at these other young managers around Europe your Arteta's your Alonzo's and and some of these other names that they just feel like they have some sort of thoughts and mentality and like and styles of play in their head and I don't know if it's because a lot of them had to go through years of not having the caliber players that we do because Regardless of what anybody says, I think in each of the positions that we have, we have a player that is just about that that any other manager in most other leagues would be like, I would bite your arm off for that player. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. I, I agree. I mean, our defense 
the, who should be our starting in, and Christensen, five players in our defense would be starters at just about every other team. Oriol Romeo, who is the only midfielder that I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah. But then again, Hirono won him. You know, like you're looking at players and Lewandowski may be past it. And I will say this is one of the first games. This is the second game where I was like, oof, like, damn, like this is, he cannot, like it's getting real bad. Um, yeah. But all of these players, Arteta would take any of these players. Alonzo would probably take any of these players. And the question is just like, how is it that Xavi's not getting the best out of them? What, what is happening? What is the difference? Um, yeah, I hope that they can have these conversations. I hope they get a good reset. But as you said, at this point, it's looking like I would prefer, like this game at times was boring because it felt like we had no ideas. I would almost prefer the boring where we were like, at the very least, our idea is to dominate the ball. We're just going to pass the ball around. And if something happens, it happens. But now it just feels like we're just lost. Yeah. Yeah, there's just moments, right? There's like maybe a 10-minute swing where we have complete possession, no attacking. And then there'll be like 10 minutes of pure chaos counters <laughs> where we're just going back and forth and, and holding for breath. All right, let's move on to next topic. You know, And obviously, this is definitely concerning because – of the potential that we see in this player, um, and that's Pedri, and that Pedri getting hurt again with his thigh. And when I was listening on the radio, you know, they're saying, you know, this is definitely concerning uh, that they're getting uh, news about this uh, from the FC Barcelona medical team that they're going to give him as much time as needed to recover. And you know, it's definitely concerning because you know, from the matches when he did come back, I thought he definitely looked tame. You know, it's not the Pedri that we're used to seeing. Uh, normally and maybe there's something to maybe he he wasn't wanting to push it all the way because he was still having issues you know how it is with with muscle uh injuries like you you always have that in the back of your especially like with i think of hamstrings like when i got my hamstring pulled you know you're just kind of like oh, how much do i push it how much do I, even though you've done the rehab and you're fine you never know how, how far you can push it so maybe there's something to it but you know Pedri being so young and having you know basically three seasons in a row where injury has definitely taking a big chunk of his game time essentially you know having the duty with the spanish national team being so touted but uh you know how are you feeling on the concern level you know one through ten are you very very concerned mildly concerned or you're like he's still young we're still okay i'll tell you real quick how i'm feeling i'm definitely feeling seven and eight yeah i i mean i'm probably i'm probably six and sevens i think part of my feeling on this is that I, I love Pedri. I want the best for him. I want to give him the time that he needs to recover. I think the, my feelings on this are tainted by like the idea that relying on any one player, we've been there before, and it's just not good. It, it leads to that player being injured more. Luckily, we had a player that just didn't get injured, like in Messi, which, which is crazy. Absurd, it's right? but, <laughs> but the way we relied on that man, that I mean, that is why he's the GOAT, right? Like you, the consistency, the amount of load that we put on him and the lack of injuries, you know? But you look at Pedro, we put a lot on him early. These kids are playing so many games now by the time they've gotten – like Gavi, regardless of what you say, like, yeah, he probably was – in telling every coach he wanted to play every minute, but, like, sure. that's not sustainable. Um, so – I am very concerned because I love Pedri and I want him to be here and I want him to be the player that he's been that we've seen. Obviously, especially he's getting older and should be approaching his prime. 
it'd suck if his prime was years ago, right? So that's concerning. We need to give him all the time. On the other hand, we cannot, like, yes, he is so great, but we we legit cannot be a team that's like, like we're Barca. We're the, like we've, we've churned out midfielders. Like it's nobody's business. We should be able to put somebody in there that won't be as great as Pedri, but should still be better than most other midfielders across Europe. Um, given our pedigree and our history and the things that we've been able to teach these players. So that's more concerning to me. Almost it's, it's concerning that these players are still getting injured. So all of its back-end concerns for me, our medical staff should be better, but then we should also be able to have players in there that are good enough or close to be able to give Pedri the time and or not have such a drop-off when he's gone. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, we should definitely have, you know, obviously better plug-and-play players to just hold the fort, you know? Like, as we talk about, I, when I think about previous midfielders that we've had throughout you know, the last 10 years, we've been able to do that, you know, where players have been able to come in the last 15 minutes and there hasn't been a significant drop off in the play of the team. And to me, I just, I think it's very concerning because, you know, on one hand, obviously they're going to give him time, but I mean, how much time, right? I mean, they're going to say that on their end, but at the same time, you know, imagine we come back from the break and we're struggling even further. And all of a sudden, you know, Chavi's basically saying, oh, it's because Pedri is not on the team. And then all of a sudden, you know, that type of narrative, you know, which I could definitely see that happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if Frankie de Jong is still out as well, you know, those two people uh, are such main drivers of our attack in midfield. There, it's a, Barca is a completely different team when those two are playing. So, you know, uh, again, we'll see how much time that is. But again, I'm, I'm worried that maybe the pressure to have him come in to maybe help save the team, you know, in that type of sense. So again, we'll see what happens. All right, let's kind of talk about some, a little bit positive thing um, as much as we can, because I know, you know, we've been watching these matches recently. And it just kind of, it's really been hard to watch and have some positive, but like if we had to pick an MVP so far of the first half of the season, uh, who would that be for you? And is, you know, when I think about this, I'm, I'm having a hard time, but I think the one player I would have to say is probably Gundogan so far, just because of the consistency that he's been out there. Obviously, we want to have him perform at a higher level because we've seen him at Man City and we've seen spurts. We've seen uh, glimpses where he's been able to take over the matches. You've seen that kind of push. Um, but again, uh, if we're picking Gundogan as the MVP, that's just kind of telling us how this first half of the season has been. Yeah, absolutely. I that's a tough one. It's a really, really tough one because I I mean I I feel like Gundogan, there are many games where I felt like I, I wish he had been doing more. So so that's like that's a thing in itself. I would almost say Araujo. I not with not the, the game today and the situation uh notwithstanding, but I feel like he's been such a consistent defender. Um, him and and even, I mean, Kunde's had a bad couple of games, but I felt like there have been games and, and plays that they've made where you're just like, oh, that's so good and that really helped us. Um, I don't feel like there have been, I mean, I guess because our midfield has had so many injuries other than Gunagon. Um, yeah, I think for me it's it's in the defense, and I know defense has been bad, but I it, I don't think it's fully just on them too. Um, and I think Araujo would take it for me. Yeah, I think that's a good call with Araujo too, because obviously 
um, in the biggest games or the biggest matches of the season, I think he's definitely come through with best performances. So I think that's definitely on the nod. And obviously he's been pretty consistent this season with not having too many injuries and not missing too much time. Um, so I think that is definitely huge. But again, that's kind of like <laughs> picking the best of the worst right now because, you know, we would love to be picking an attacking player to say like, oh my God, this player, like let's say I was, I was hoping to say, you know, Rafinha, you know, at the season he's having a breakout year. He scored uh, six goals. He's had three, you know, four assists. He's doing all things. But we can't find any consistency with any of our wing players or attacking players. And so, yeah. And, and just to kind of finish this off before we get into the little bit of the feminine talk to give it a little bit more positivity in the Barca talk. Um, Loa, like, are we, I mean, is it, is it, is it, is a game set Guillermo for him? Is a game, is a game over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, which it's sucks. Not, <laughs> it's a, we're in a weird position. We're in a bad place in a lot of different ways. Even what you were just talking about with, with Pedri, I was like, I was thinking how like our financial situation puts us in such, such a weird place to be. Um, so Lewa, yeah, look, Honestly, why are we not trying Mark Guillo a bit more? I know he's like, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, oh, this kid's going to save everything. But like, I, I would give, start giving him a bit more time, like start trying more things, putting us in, in different situations um, because something's not working. Yeah. And um, with Lewa, yeah, I, you know, I was standing up for him a couple of weeks ago being like, oh, is this first game he's really getting service, but now it's just like he's off like and that happens to strikers at times but this is this is starting to look it's it's starting to look problematic in in a lot of ways it's starting to look like i i think when you you come from where you were you come to this team and we're going through a rebuilding it's going through all these issues you're having to play differently it'd be different if loa was aging at a team that was already set up and like you could be like, oh, he's going to gradually get worse. But, like, I feel like the drop-off has been so quick and strong because of all the back-end issues we were having, right? So it's like, do I think it's time for him to be done? I Victor Roque cannot come quick enough, yes, but at the same time, like, you're going to have to – you're still going to have to fade him out slowly. I just think Xavi should be subbing him sooner. Or, if not, put – I really think we should start thinking about putting a player under him, a false nine that can help him keep him up there, connect play and possibly make those quicker runs. I mean, Lewandowski can still hit a, hit a quick pass and a quick flick here and there. We've seen it in the last couple of games. It's just, we need to start putting players in the position to help him out more so than we have been in the past. Yeah. And I, and I also think there has to be an accountability with him. Like you can't just ride the gravy train with him and just say he has a free pass of, you know, if, if he's not performing and he just continually starts, I think, you know, the younger players see that. And I think, you know, it's been so many matches that we've seen. It's not just two and he's scoring. I mean, he's having one of his worst seasons right now, goal-wise at the, at the, at the first half of the season. And again, I'm, I'm con really concerned because we're just, you know, like, as we've seen all the goals that he's missing are the goals that he used to clinically put for Bayern against us all the time. <laughs> You're just like, Oh my God, this guy never misses. And now you know, in the last two years, like, yeah, he wanted a Pichichi, but it definitely was not a, a like, brilliant Pichichi uh, year in the way that we want to think about um, 
goal scoring for for Barca. So, um, all right. So a couple quick things before we get into the Femini. Um, obviously, the Barcelona are on a break right now. They're headed to Dallas as we speak to play an exhibition. But I was just looking at the schedule, Remy, and we got Las Palmas, and then we have a Copa del Rey match, Barbastro, which is insane because I was looking at when I was watching the draw, I think Barbastro has a stadium of like 7,000 people. So what does Xavi do with that game? Because it is a single elimination game. And, you know, the last thing that these players want to do is play on that shite turf in Barbastro where the whole town is going to be against Barcelona. It literally, I mean, I think it's a cool thing that they've done recently with the Copa del Rey is that every time the vis, you know, the lower tier team has home advantage. And with this new format, with the single elimination, I think that, you know, creates way more chaos than it ever did, which I think is really cool because it gives all these uh, lower tier teams opportunities and chances and so forth. But man, I'm just looking at this gauntlet for Barcelona right now. And it's like, how does, Barcelona handle this, you know, because you got, uh, and then you also have, like, I, hold on, let me let me reset this for you. So they have to travel to Las Palmas, so Canary mm. Islands, right? Mm -hmm. Then, then on Sunday they go to Barbastro to play the Copa del Rey single elimination. Then they have to go to Saudi Arabia on the 11th of January to play. Super. Yes, the okay. Super Copa. Yes. And then who knows how long, you know, if they win the first match against Osasuna, then they play the weekend. If not, they have to come back and then play La Liga on the 21st. So I'm just looking at that. And, you know, as much as we're talking about this reset, it's already a gauntlet right from the get-go with no room for mistakes. And especially if we want to be in these competitions. I mean, a realistic scenario looking at this is we get eliminated from the Copa and we lose the Super Copa on the first night. And those are two trophies already out the window. And then all of a sudden we're fighting for champions in quote unquote La Liga. So it's going to be quite interesting how we come back to that. How, let me just ask you really quickly and then we'll move on to the, to, to the Femini. But how would you handle that Barbastro? Would you go with, you know, uh, suplentes with, with, with people on the bench or would you try to put out a strong 11? It's <laughs> bro. That's, this is probably the toughest time to answer that question. Cause also you have to remember last year, uh, inner city, we went out there and barely won that game. Yeah, yeah. It's such a tough question because we need to win these games. Like you yeah. cannot, we can't get kicked out of the Copa this early, especially to that team. But at the same time, I don't even know what a like our second eleven. I don't know. Like our first eleven isn't killing it. Yeah. Like, you know. So yeah. it's like our second eleven can't also be killing it. I mean, you would love to think that we could put out, we could sit Lewandowski, sit some of the big ones and, and we would still be fine. Play some of the youngsters against the Barbustos and still be fine. But like the way we're playing, it's not the players, it's the structures, the thoughts it's the identities and whoever we play against, like we're going to have those issues. Right. So the problem becomes like, do, I mean, honestly, I think you 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 go with your second, but you have all your first on the bench, and you hope that your second squad can get it done early, and then uh, you don't have to play your big guys. But I want to get your, your real time reaction. I'm going to send you in the private chat the field in Barbastro, and I want to hear your reaction on this field. <laughs> 
Bro, that is a <laughs> high school field? Yeah. This is, yeah. oh my God. You know, look, I just, it's 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 tough because like I look at this and I'm like, bro, we are Barcelona, we should be. But then I think who we are now, like let's, let's let's route barbestos first yeah, yeah. we're talking trash about them yeah, yeah who knows they might be looking at us going we could take them at oh home. yeah for sure for sure i you know this this is for anyone out there you know that doesn't know where this is this is a town in between saragossa and barcelona and huesca has a population of 16k so it's definitely a, a pueblo of spain but the stadium literally ha I, I was giving it you know a, a higher estimation at seven thousand. it looks like two thousand more than that you know and it looks like you said it looks like a high school field the field doesn't look in the best shape either and that is one of the biggest complaints with this copa del rey is that there needs to be a mandate about the field conditions for all the teams so so we'll see what happens but it's like you said this could be again a huge upset for barbastro uh fc because that would be massive uh for them all right let's let's end up on a high note because you know i always think about uh when we first met and the the you know when we met in Barcelona last year and how we love the Femini so much so let's let's end on this obviously the Femini keep chugging along but there was a big news uh, bomb that came out and that is uh, with their head coach Jonathan Giraldez that he is not renewing at the end of the year which I thought was very surprising uh, what did you think when you first heard this news that he was not renewing for the following season I mean I was you know I was. I was upset in the sense of like he like we're trying a dynasty here. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. all the tools and capabilities to do it. Now I understand when you think about it a bit more how some of these coaches be like, oh, I need a new challenge, blah blah blah. Like I, it's probably do gonna you? be there. Do I, I know, right? <laughs> selfishly, I'm like, no. Your, your challenge is to quadruple the Champions League. Like your challenge is to turn Barca into what Lyon was. Like. That's your that's your challenge. Like win, 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 win. It Maybe five been. years down the line, when we've won the Champions League five times in a row or something, then we could say maybe you move on to a new challenge. But no, but I mean, so you know, it's probably going to be more money. He's, it seems like he's coming to the NWSL. People are saying the Washington Spirit. Um, I it's it's tough. It's sad because I think this team we have such talents but his leadership was key to that right like having a manager especially i feel like in the women's game especially having a, a male manager in the women's game that's that the players like that they they respect that great players can come in from other places and still like respect him and and feel i mean especially with spain and especially with what's happened recently i i fear it's going to be harder to replace him one because we're in a financial situation where we probably wouldn't be, we aren't getting your big name women's managers. Chances are his assistants probably going to take over or something, which wouldn't be the worst thing because it seems, you know, their group has been doing well. Right. But what you could have is somebody's friend's cousin or something comes in for cheaper. And, you know, we, we start going backwards rather than forwards, but I'm glad that I, I think what was great was reading. I was reading into like why he chose to announce it now and, and everything. It's like, Oh, I don't want the towards the end of the season, the speculation and everything. And I, I hope that we're going to be able to concentrate and go in and win this champions league this year um, because of the fact that he got it out early. Yeah. And I, 
man, I would, I would love to talk to him and say like, be careful what you wish for. And the U S and women's football right now is not in the situation you want to be in. I mean, to me, I think Europe is where you want to be with the women's, especially, especially with the backing of the major clubs. And I think that is the massive thing that is lacking in the States, you know, sure. He's going to make money. And I get that. Like you want to make money for your family. I understand that, but I don't think he's going to realize what is really happening here in a football state of mind here. Uh, the distances between the cities, the lack of attention that there is, uh, and how, you know, football, men's football is what, like eighth ranked sport in the States, along with women's football. You know, you can say, yeah, they have more success, but at the same time, in just the spectrum of sports attention here in the U.S. And so I think, you know, especially with the Champions League notoriety and the way things are trending, I just Man, I, I like he's he also said in the statement that he doesn't want to play against Barcelona. But man, I just to me it's like be careful what you wish for because you're not gonna have that over there. And also win. Winning is hard, you know. We yeah. lose, you know, as we were seeing with the with the men's team. And like you said, I think one of the biggest things for him is that he doesn't seem to be a gaslighter, you know, of like what mm -hmm. we kind of typically see of these men's coaches, uh, coaching women's team. He seemed, like you said, he has the respect of the, of the team and so forth. And more importantly, the way his leadership is able to really focus. And like you said, I, for me, one of the brilliant things that he's been able to do is just kind of mix and match the players throughout the last two seasons and really optimizing that play. I mean, we're seeing it like, for example, you know, he has players injured and he's just been able to find that group mm -hmm. on that. Let me just really quick, you know, his record, you just have to, to me, it's like, I get it. To me, I'm, I love dominance. I love dynasties. So mm -hmm. I, it's hard for me to see that he wants to walk away from this. But again, 57 straight league wins. And his overall record is 92 and four. Yeah, <laughs> just absolute ridiculous numbers. And I think this is what you were saying is I was thinking the same things like this idea of like what the Women's Champions League is doing for women's football is it's it's so dope and you don't have that in the u.s like there's no women's champions league here that's going to be you know like the sport is just growing and growing over here in europe partly because of these big champions league matchups and you're having these big teams wolfsburg versus barca you know chelsea's the psg's all these big teams and big names are in this format and put together and it's just just every, all the boats are rising and you're leaving that I get that you don't want to play against Barca, but, like, yeah, those numbers are ridiculous. I mean, honestly, like, the, one of the things I think he's done so well is he has figured out what the Barca idea and spirit of play is, but also adapted it to be, like, it, honestly, the closest to Pep Barca we've seen is his team. Yeah, yeah. Like, the goals the goals that we're, we're passing it 20, 30 times to get to, but then also, like, we have different ideas. People are playing and moving and all these different things. There, I mean, not even as a joke, but there's a part of me that's like, yo, he should talk to Xavi. Or if he really <laughs> wanted to challenge, he should have come over here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't think I, 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 it's not. I don't. I think his his management and understanding of the game transcends male female. And that's the thing, you know. You can't say always, you know, as you know. Uh, I've been listening to all these sports shows. It's always about an American football system. Is it the quarterback? Is it this type of thing? And I think, you know, you could say in the same way, is it the coach? Is it the players with Femini? But we saw before him 
how we would struggle in big matches. And there was a disconnect that often against the highest opponents, especially in the Champions League final, we got housed right against Lyon. And to me, you know, with, with Cortes and that, he was able to bring the team to a certain level, but we needed someone to take it to that next level. And so, you know, again, he's only 31 years old, which is insane mm -hmm. too, you know? And I think maybe he has maybe the energy to do that. And maybe he thinks that he come back to, to Barca in the, in the, in the future. But again, um, I think it's a really big blow because again, how do you, to me, if you're want to be playing with the best, why don't you just continue being running that dynasty and just run it. And like you said, four champions league, let's keep like, you know, what I love seeing, especially too, is like, for example, I saw today that Real Madrid women were knocked out of the champions league. And yeah, I just I a smile to my face. See, that's like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I saw that. I smiled too. I, mean, there's, I will say there's a low key part of you that's like, I want them to be better so that we could actually like beat sure, them. Sure. Like, they will, like, they will. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah, we'll see. I mean, positive on a positive note, as we said, like I don't think that's gonna distract from what we're trying to do. And I think the players are gonna be even more motivated to end it all on a high. Um I'm looking forward to where they keep taking it and where they keep pushing it, at least for the for the end of the season. I mean, we'll still have a lot of those players. Yeah. So it's not that like it's not like our players are trying to go to play in the US per se. You know, it's like they understand that like this is a great place to be. So I think we're just gonna they're they're gonna be continue to be a bright spot uh to the FC Barcelona family as we move on to the end of the season. So so I'm happy with where they are and I'm I'm happy with uh with where they're going. Yeah, and just like you said, there there isn't anything that you can beat than a midweek European match, and I think that's still what what they're doing with the Champions League with the women's match now to match kind of the intensity with the men's, I think is really cool. Like the feminine, I think it was last week they went to Sweden or Finland, one of those two Nordic countries, and they played. And, and it was really cool because they have Barca fans all over, right? Because Barca fans of men's are now going to the women's away Champions League matches, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool because, you know, as Barca is an entity of that, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of that support. And I think ultimately they're going to be playing at the Montjuic more often and they're going to be having those huge crowds and it's just going to continue to foster this type of support, especially, you know, winning always, always helps for sure. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Remy, I think that'll do it for today. Thanks again for joining me. Obviously we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Uh, if I don't talk to you, if I don't see you face to face on our, on our video camera, happy holidays and enjoy your Christmas and new year's. And we'll talk soon. You as well, Gabriel. Enjoy Japan. Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs>